Well, so what I really want to do this morning is, is talk about this. I'm going to talk about this here. The collective uh, people that God's drawing to be a part of what he wants to do in this city. Um, we've spent these last basically two, two and a half months opening the word and just proclaiming, describing, digging into the core truths and beliefs and practices of what it actually means to be a people who walk in the freedom that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. Meaning, what a waste, what a sad thing to have Jesus do what he did on the cross and then to never live out of the fullness of it. Meaning like gritting our teeth and trying to make it to the end rather than walking and stepping into the fullness that God has for us. And so that's what we've been trying to ask. And so we've been covering the whole gamut, right? That we talked about the kingdom of God that we've been brought into out of this kingdom of darkness and the fact that he's a good father and he's made us sons and daughters and what he accomplished on the cross is so far beyond anything we could possibly imagine. And we began to talk about what it looks like to hear God's voice and how we can be people who walk in grace and how we can walk in forgiveness, how we can have our thoughts and beliefs shaped by the truth of God's word and how the power of our words have such meaning and, and life on them. And so that we've been talking about all these things over the last uh, couple of months that's bringing us to this point because there's one critical piece of walking in all of those things, and that's this. This here. What we have right here, right? One of the deep, if you, when you guys that go to the, if you've been to the Connect class, you guys that have joined or you, go to the Connect class, you're gonna hear one of the core cultural values we carry is that we are meant to live in authentic community. Meant to be a people who actually function and live in an authentic community, right? That there would be a realness to this church, to the relationships, the friendships that God is building and uh, pouring into and creating here, that we would have the ability to come and gather, yes, together on Sundays, but that there would be an additional thing that God would do where he would build and create relationships from this place that would have an effect in our lives, that Sundays are great and Sundays are important, but it's more than that. Certainly, uh, when Jesus was talking about his church, and we're gonna get into that here in just a minute, that he had something much deeper than making sure that we showed up to a place on Sundays. If I were to just go back real quick and think through the scope of my life, I would begin to tell you about names of people that would mean absolutely nothing to you. If I was gonna talk about what why I'm even actually here. I would tell you about Duran Tucker and Pat Brown and Mickey and Bonnie Eccles and David McQueen and Bo Hughes and Dan Stevens. And I, those names mean absolutely nothing to you. They mean the world to me. None of those people have written great books. None of them have 
crafted amazing music or any of those things. And I thank God for authors and I thank God for worship leaders and musicians and all of the beautiful things that the church has and all the ways that we're blessed by all of those people. I thank God for that. But I'm telling you, my life was shaped by those names that mean absolutely nothing to you. But what I found was the church was actually creating an opportunity for me to have relationships that were gonna change my life. They were gonna change my life. I was shaped and molded by these men and women that meant so much to each moment. Now, some of them I talk to maybe once a year. I might see what they're doing on Facebook. So there's a season for that, right? But what I can say is that I have been shaped by those people. We studied together and we prayed together and we cried together and we laughed together and we laughed a lot together. Um, I was I actually was thinking about it. There was a, um, this is gonna really date me, so I'm just sorry, but it was in the 90s and I, we couldn't, uh, me and my uh, friend, my name, his name is Pat Brown, and we couldn't wait for the new DC Talk CD that was coming out. It was called Jesus Freak. And I realized that when I talk about the 90s, if you're a kid, it's like when I was the 90s thinking about the 50s. So it's just really weird. And it just, I feel really old saying this. But anyway, so we went to Mardell's. Anybody remember Mardell? No, not at all. Yeah. So uh, we went to Mardell's, got a CD, got the, finally got the CD, and we're in the car and we put Jesus Freak in the CD player. And I know many of you will not know what CD is. But we put a CD in and immediately turned on Jesus Freak. And I don't know how to describe to you what took place in that moment, except for we began to squeal like little girls. In my, it, we're in the car driving and we're freaking out because it felt like maybe for the first time ever, Christian music had like risen to a whole nother level, like what we were hungering for. And they're singing about being a Jesus freak with like grunge guitars, because grunge was the thing back then. And, uh, and it was like the most, we literally we had to pull down the side of the road because we were like, jumping up in, this, in our seats in the car, like, this is not safe. And so we had to pull over. We were so excited about that. And I, rem- I will, for the rest of my life, remember this moment with a brother in Christ where we were just getting excited about God bringing music in our lives that like, was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I have a hundred of those stories of just these experiences with this Uh, this person who wanted to run after the heart of God in the same way that I wanted to and how much that meant. And so we've, uh, we've since we'll, you know, whenever we get to see each other, we'll talk about that moment and just crack up about how undone we were in this silly little moment with this silly little song that was like transformative moment. This is what it means to actually be a part of a spiritual community where there's, it's more than just doing this. This is beautiful. What we do here is powerful and meaningful, but there's more that God has for us. There's biblical community that is meant to shape who we are becoming, and you have things that are meant to help shape who we're becoming. And so the question is, how do you 
know that. And I want to just look at Jesus' own words here in John chapter 17. If you've had an opportunity to read through John before, you know that this John 14, 15, 16, 17, these are, this is what Jesus is teaching, is what his words were when they were at the Last Supper, when they're sitting in that upper room place and he's gonna wash their feet and he's gonna declare what's about to take place. And then in John chapter 17, Jesus prays the last recorded prayer, the last recorded interaction we have of Jesus and his father before he goes to Gethsemane and the cross. And he, he, he prays for himself, which is amazing. And then he prays for his boys. He prays for his disciples, his 12. But then he turns and he prays literally for every one of us. Everyone that will come and walk, walk and follow him. And we'll pick up this scripture because uh, this is going to be powerful because if Jesus prayed it, it's happening. Uh, uh, it's going to happen. And here's what he says in John chapter 17, verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, you need it because we're not putting it on the screen. Uh, put it, uh, pick it up if, uh, under the chair in front of you or on your phone so you can follow along and see in your, in your own Bibles. John chapter 17, verse 20. He says, to the Father, I do not ask for these only, meaning his 12, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me. What's he gonna ask? That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. What an unbelievable prayer. This is what is in Jesus's heart as he's about to go to the cross. This is unbelievable. This is magnificent. If Jesus prayed this, this is, Jesus never said one word that wasn't perfectly aligned with the Father. He never spoke one word that would not fully come into existence. And Jesus is praying this thing, saying, this is where the church is actually headed. And you might go, well, I don't even know how we're gonna get there. We'll let God figure that out. The promise is, Jesus spoke it's a prophetic promise over your life and my life. This is where the church is headed. Here's what he's saying. I want my people not to be individuals trying to eke it out before the end of this thing happens. I want my people perfectly one so that the world would see my glory. You and I were actually made to be in community, to be uniquely connected. We've actually been set up by God because you and I will not experience the fullness of all that God has for us alone. Not happening. Can't do it. This faith doesn't work for anyone living on an island. Just doesn't work. We were meant to be woven together, one, a people 
connected with each other. I, it says, just as I am in you, Father, Father, you in me and us in them. They in us, one. Connected. Being shaped and changed and transformed into the image of the Father. Your prophetic destiny is to be in a thriving community in him, period. It's where we're all headed. This is where Jesus wants to take you and anything that would pull you away from being connected to the people of God is leading you away from what it means to walk in the fullness of what God has designed you for. To be a unified people, to see the world change, by the way. That's the point. The point of it is that we get to see the world change and transform, see the glory manifested. Gosh, what an unbelievable thing. That's who you are. That's who we're becoming. And so the point of our gathering is to get a fresh theological vision for what God wants to do in us and through us together, to be changed by knowing each other and to be moved nearer to the heart of God with each other. That's what this thing is about. And listen, we're not, listen, we're not gonna all be besties, okay? No one, no one can do that. Nobody's got energy for that. Like, if I was like, everybody has to be besties with everybody, you're just like, I can't, I'm out. I'm out, can't do that, man. No, we can't do that. That's not what we're talking about. What it means, though, is we are intentionally thinking about the role that God has for us to be a part of a community to express the goodness and the greatness and glory of God. And so this is a place to, that's meant to be a environment for us to be able to belong and to grow. We talk about that in our groups all the time. The reason our, we do community groups here is just to say, we want everyone to have a place to belong and a place to grow, period. And that goes all the way back. You can look in your Bibles in Acts chapter two. I'm gonna read this text because it gives us this amazing description as the church is coming off of the ground, being launched into actual existence through the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two, verse 42. We'll throw this on the screen just so you can follow along. It says, and they devoted, this is the, the early followers of Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." What a powerful, amazing declaration, picture of what began to take place among the people of God, right? Just these few pieces here. They came together and they worshiped together in the temple. They came together at the, a community place to get their hearts aligned with God, but then they gathered in homes. Gathered in homes, came together and hung out with each other. Last night we had 12, 15 students, uh, eight, you know, our high school students hanging out at the Heckman's home. I don't know, we've lost count how many times they've been at the Landon's house, right? They're coming in homes and hanging out 
and playing the silliest, most dumb games you could possibly imagine, having a blast and being changed. Being changed by hanging out. It wasn't deep, it wasn't deep uh, Bible study night. It was pizza and game night. And that's meaningful. Can you can all hear pizza and game night can be spiritual? Did you just hear that? That we can just build something special with each other. Meet in homes and be known. They devoted themselves, it says, to the apostles' teaching, meaning they gave their hearts to the scripture, to the word, the faithful word of God. They prayed for each other. Breaking of bread, they ate food together. Something magical happens, I don't know why, but something cool happens when we eat together. We're gonna do that a couple times over the summer uh, here. Hungry to see the supernatural works of God. I, I, I would love to be a community where we're praying and seeing God heal and change and transform supernaturally. Shared their needs with each other. They shared their needs. They said, we have need. And they shared that. They walked in God's favor and they grew. What an incredible picture. Powerful. Sounds amazing. So here's the question. Why does finding and building community feel so difficult at times? That's the question. If it's so awesome, and this is what we were meant for, well, why, why is it challenging? Why do you find it difficult at times? And I have just a couple of reasons that I want to open up, and then we're going to try to finish this thing. We're going to finish just celebrating and praising the Lord. But a couple of things that I want to give to you on why it's challenging to do community, meaning it's easy to come to church on Sunday, but it's harder to kind of to be known. I want to talk through that. Number one, uh, people, are me- <laughs> people are messy, okay? Can we just be real? Let's just be real. People are a mess. I haven't met anyone that's not a mess, really. I mean, I've met some plenty polished people, but once you get to know the, po- have you, ever, you ever met the polished person? You got to know them, and then you're like, oh, you're a mess too. It's amazing. I just based on Instagram, I just you're all I've ever wanted to be, right? And then you just actually find out they're human. People are messy, and it's hard. Relationships are challenging, aren't they? When you get known by someone and you share something, and then you get hurt, that that happens. In fact, I think there are many people. In fact, I'll often ask the question when we get to do our Connect class, just, hey, what wounds are you carrying from church? Because that happens sometimes. And the good news is that the church is not the Savior. The church are the people of God who are in desperate need of the Savior, and they're the, only, they're the ones that have said, I'm such a mess, I need Jesus. <laughs> That's really, if you actually think about what the church is, it's the people who have finally discovered they're the mess, they're a mess, and they're going, okay, I've gotta have something outside of myself. So why wouldn't the church be a little bit messy? And just, if we can be honest, that Acts chapter 2, 42 through 40, that's such an incredible picture. The rest of the New Testament are just letter upon letter of Paul going, you guys are a dumpster fire. And so we need to help you, okay? Stop doing the dumb things. Truly. You're like, can you say that in church? Yes. That's what, right? We call them the epistles. And it sounds so cool, 
and like official, but all it is is a letter telling you to stop being a numbskull. That's what it is. So people are messy. And so that's why we're afraid to do relationships because people have messes. I'm not sure if I, I wanna know your mess. I got plenty enough of my own messes. And, uh, and I'm not sure I wanna be known uh, because I, don't, I feel shame over my messes. In fact, that's the, actually the other reason that we find it difficult to actually dive into real, authentic, and meaningful biblical community is that finding community is actually to have to admit you have needs. This is a hard thing because we're Americans and we don't like having needs. Nobody wants to have need, right? Having needs, being needy, being a part of a community, say, hey, I need something, right? I need laughter. I need help. I need friendship. I need encouragement. I need a shoulder to cry on, right? I need to be brought out of my short-sightedness. I need help with my marriage, or I need help with my kids, or I need forgiveness, or I need attention, or I need wisdom, or I need your truck for the afternoon, whatever it is, right? We're people full of needs. Why? Because we're human. What we want, let's just be honest, what we want is to be self-sufficient, self-sustaining, all-knowing, all-powerful beings. That's what we would love to be. Here's the problem. There's only one of those. His name is Jesus, and you're not him. Every one of us has needs. Super uncomfortable to say, but so true. We're all human. And there's two places for us to go to the Father in Christ by his spirit to have our needs met and fulfilled and each other. Got to go to each other. You're not self-sufficient. You're not self-sustaining. You're not all-knowing and you're not powerful and you never will be, which means you have needs. And so the sooner we can come to that realization, the sooner we can actually be free because that's what we're talking about. How do we live free in Christ? Is to say, I got needs. I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm 46 years old and just now waking up because I've believed a good majority of my life, if you're in Christian leadership, you're not allowed to have needs. I'm just being honest with you. I don't think anybody ever preached that. No one ever, I don't, I, have, I don't believe anyone ever preached that. I think what was just inherently caught hanging out in church basically every day since I was like born <laughs> is uh, if you want to be a Christian leader, you can't have needs. You got to have it all. You got to have it all figured out. Got to have the marriage right. Got to have the kids right. Got to have the things perfect. Got to have the theology right. Got to have the teaching ability. Yeah, got to have all the things. And so you're not allowed to actually be human. I just, I'm just, honestly, that's the lie I had, had bought into that I've had to lay down the last couple of years. Yeah, this church has just wore me out. All right, just put me out. I'm like, all right, man, I just gotta surrender, Lord, to all the idols that I hold up, like trying to be perfect for everybody and not saying I have needs. I need you. You need me. We need each other. And this is beautiful, but there's more. 
And so walking in true freedom actually means that we have safe places to have needs, to be vulnerable, because everybody loves that, and to be called up into greatness. There it is. Write that down. Every one of us actually needs safe places to be known and to be able to be vulnerable and real and to be called up into greatness. And all those names that I gave you that mean nothing to you, I was able to do all those things with. Safe place, able to be vulnerable, and they called me up into greatness. You need that. You need that. I need that. We need that. And I think any kind of church that doesn't want to build that is probably not a church worth doing. I would hope you'd go, I don't know that I want to be a part of this church if we're not trying to do that in some way. Doesn't mean you got to spill all your secrets to everyone in the room. That's not what we're talking about. I'm saying a safe place to be able to go, to be, to be able to be built up and grow. To be a, freedom is not just like being set free from bondage. It's also free to step into life and community and the fullness of what Jesus was praying in John chapter 17. And so uh, Paul writes this actually in Ephesians chapter two. He says, so then you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are not an island. You're not a stranger. You're not a loner. You are not meant to do this life out in the distance. You're in the family, members of the household of God. I love the local church because it's one expression. And we have some great expressions here in Middle Tennessee. And I love so many of the local churches here and so many of the leaders. But I'm here to tell you, the point of the local church is to actually be that, where you go, I'm a part of a member of the household of God and I'm going somewhere in this life. So we're never meant to be alone, we're never meant to be isolated, not strangers and aliens, sons and daughters who are part of a family. And so some of us then will get to be strong in areas and some of us are weak. So you're strong in areas that I'm weak in. I'm strong in areas that you're weak in. We get to bring those gifts to each other to build each other up. I need your gifts. You need mine. We need each other's, right? Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You go, isn't Jesus supposed to bear our burdens? Absolutely. God is 100% ready to bear our burdens. However, what God does in bearing our burdens is he sends godly men and women along to come alongside us and lift us up and say, I'm gonna be the expression of the heart of God to you. And you get to be that with me. Right? Meaning, godly, authentic community is a means of experiencing God's grace. Meaning, you and I are asking, God, I need your grace. 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 And God's going, I'm sending my grace through Heather Lambius and through Ben DuBose, through Kate Marciniak. I'm sending my grace to you through Todd Phillips. I'm sending my grace to you. It's not the only way that God expresses his grace to us, but it's such a powerful primary one. It's why Jesus prayed that prayer in John 17. God, I have this. 
we're going to experience God's grace through each other. And so, no, listen, no one person is meant to carry all your burdens, all right? Your spouse has figured that out quickly, okay? They can't. Spouses could never carry all your burdens, never. Just kids can't carry your burdens, never. We have to have this, right? Men need brothers, women need sisters. We need this thing to carry each other all the way to the end. Gotta have it. Thank God for spouses. Thank God for, thank God for uh, blood families. Those are great. They're needed. They're powerful. We've had messages on that. I'm talking today about a spiritual family that we're in need of to grow each other. Colossians, we'll finish with this, and then we're just gonna finish thanking God for what he's building. Colossians 3, 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect Harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Man, Kate, can we be thankful for the community that God's building here? We just be grateful for that. It's not perfect. We're not a perfect church. I mean, we're almost there, but not, we're not there, right? Not perfect. I'm not perfect. We'll never be perfect. There's one perfect. We're all chasing after him together, but God has a I think his call is to build something really special here. And so we get to start here in the temple courts, if you will, just like they did in Acts chapter two and being devoted to the teaching and to worship. And we're gonna worship here. In fact, you guys can come up. But let's be thankful and just go, okay, God, how can we begin to step into, right? In fact, none of it, listen, I already said it, but I just want to reiterate again. You're not asking, I'm not, no one's saying you got to be best friends with every person. That's not what this is about, but we do need to have one and two and three and four that we can come to and connect with and be known by. That's why we, you know, we create community groups, not to say we have community groups, we create community groups here just to give an opportunity for more connection, for more of John chapter 17 in our lives. That's the important part, right? Are we going to have it overnight? Will you have perfect, awesome, amazing biblical community overnight? No. Nothing's built overnight. Nothing. But we get to step in and go, hey, listen, Jesus is amazing and perfect. We give our hearts fully to him. And then we get to ask him, Lord, who are you calling me to be a part of and be with, to be shaped by? And who can I come in and help shape with the gifts that I'm bringing, right? And if you just even look around this room, everybody look around the room right here real quick. Look around, everybody look around, right? These Aren't these people, these are amazing people, right? Cool, sweet, kind, gifted, awesome, talented, amazing, right? Perfect? No not there, but real and authentic. 
If you wanna be truly free in Christ, it means coming in and being who you were made to be and then doing what God made you to do. And none of that happens alone on an island. It happens when we open our lives up to each other and we pray for each other and we care for each other and we check in on each other and hey, how'd the surgery go? And hey, how's, how's the thing with your kid going? And hey, what can we be praying for you this week? And how can we come alongside? And I'm praying for the study group you're a part of and all of those beautiful things. And we get a chance to be cared for. I'm so thankful for this community, all the incredible ways that life happens and all the gifts that come to the forefront. Thankful for Ben Christie, keeps us safe every Sunday, coming up here, just walking around the building, ready to throw down on somebody, right? I just think, just have amazing people here and we get to build something and it's ironic I'm preaching this. We're like about to shut down community groups for the summer. So, all right. So there's no plug here, right? To do the program or it's not even doing that. I'm actually saying like, man, um, if you're tempted to be in isolation because you have shame, because you don't have your life figured out, which is what the enemy does. You need to live in isolation because your marriage is not clean enough and you've done a bad job with your kids and you don't know enough scripture. And when you pray, it's a, it's a disaster. All of the lies, right? So you can't be known. And it's safer for you to stay on the outside because if anyone knew your stuff, well, then you would not be accepted. If you are here, that's, that is the A1 lie to destroy the church. When the truth is, is you're loved and accepted here, one, because you've been made whole and righteous by the king of the universe. You've been changed and transformed, first and foremost. Two, you uh, and all of the great and beautiful, powerful things about you and all the things where you have need are just like everyone else, human and God's ready to move and to help bring some family around you to encourage you. And you've got some things to encourage and bless this family. So I'm not talking about doing any cool program. I'm talking about let's be a people who know the perfect one and are being perfected together, not there yet, bringing our gifts to each other, caring for each other. That's what this life is about. We're John chapter 17 community, being made one to care for each other and to reflect the glory of God in such a way that the world will know that the Father sent the Son because of our love for each other. How cool is that? You guys stand. We're gonna celebrate. I'm gonna say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Could you just uh, right now thank God for the ways that you've been shaped by godly people? Just thank the Lord in your heart. Lord, thank you. Just thank him. Maybe it was like when you were 10 and someone in kids ministry loved on you. Maybe it's last week. I don't care when the time. Would you just thank the Lord for the ways that you've been blessed and loved and encouraged and shaped and challenged? Say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. 
Now, Lord, would you continue to bring around me people that will speak life into me? Would you ask him that? That's a, and this is a vulnerable prayer. But would you pray and ask God, would you bring people around me that will speak life into me? That I could be real with and will be an encouragement to me. Just ask him. And, to, and take this moment also, just now, confess any place where you're like, I've been hurt by the church, Lord, and I, 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 I don't know about the church. Just be real with the Lord. He knows. And so, Lord, would you heal my heart? Heal my heart. Ask him, heal my heart from the wounds of the past. And give me freedom to be loved and to love people. Ask him right now. God, give me freedom to be loved and to love one another. Lord, help us be a people who love each other well, holy, the way you have loved us, without condition, being built up for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. I ask God that you would give us grace to love each other well and to serve each other well and to bless each other and speak life over each other and be encouraged and walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. We ask, and the people of God said, amen, let's worship.